Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to Jeff Blank. Who am I? Javon Benson. But you can call me Jay. And we're here to set you free. Do you know that you did not come here by accident? You know, I know you think, oh, I just wanted to look through all the podcasts and I just was bored. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And guess what? I'm ready. I'm ready for you to teach me. And I'm ready to teach you. Because we are students and teachers of the universe. So, thank you for this opportunity. I'm honored. It's a blessing. So now that you've given me one of the greatest commodities of your life, your time, I think it's best that I let you know why the universe brought you here. Let me start with why I named this podcast Just Blink. In order to do that, this calls for a little bit of background. So as I said before, my name is Jovan Benson, or you can call me Jay. I was born on Tuesday, November 26, 1985. Um, I don't know if it was a stormy night, but I know I was born in the morning. That's one thing I'm sure of, my mama told me. And I was born visually impaired. I had glaucoma, and uh, I'm still visually impaired to this day. Actually, I'm declared legally blind. So much so that I had to go to a blind school, learn Braille, learn how to use a cane, all of that stuff. But we'll dive into that as we get into this podcast. You'll get to know more about me. Okay, now I had this habit of not paying attention to who was in the room. And I would call out someone's name and it would be the incorrect name. For example, I would call my granddad, grandma, my grandma, granddad. I have no idea why they don't look alike. But again, visually impairment, visually impairment, visual impairment. Anyway, the point is I wasn't paying attention. You know, I would just go off of what I saw or what I thought I saw. I would. I would see my grandma walking down the street and I would be getting off the bus and I'd be like, hey, granddad, how you doing? <laughs> and she would say, boy, it's me. Blink your eyes. And I started to blink my eyes and I discovered that when I actually blinked, I was able to see things a lot clearly. Yeah. You see the connection? You see what this is about? We walk through life with a perception without blinking and then we call that reality when in fact none of us have a clue about what reality really looks like on top of that we also think that we know that's the problem that's what's keeping the perceptions in place is this addiction that we all have the addiction is stronger than any cocaine, it's stronger than any methamphetamine, stronger than any speed, any ecstasy, molly, anything you could think of. We're hooked on being right. So my job is to help you quell that addiction. And instead of being right, let's be happy. 
And the only way you can be happy is by changing your perception and getting rid of that belief. But we'll get into belief in a second. Or a little bit later in the podcast. Whatever comes first. But my job is to give you the flip side of the coin so that you can have all the information and you can make a choice rather than a decision. I believe that people decide when they feel as if there is no other alternative. So let's talk about the word decide, decision. Um, You know that it has cousins, right? Pesticide, suicide, homicide, infanticide, insecticide, patricide, genocide. What do all those words have in common? It means to kill off something. I don't think it's fair for you to do that if you don't have all of the information. If you have all the information, then you have the power of choice. And then you can choose. And there's power in your choosing. So, this is why I'm here. Sitting in front of a microphone at 6 in the morning, talking with this melodious voice of mine. No, seriously, I'm here because I want to help. I'm here because I love you. Now, there's a couple of things that I must bring to your attention, so I need you to listen, and listen to me carefully. I'm going to be repeating this throughout the life of this podcast because I want people to understand that, number one, this is not about a religion. This is about a relationship with yourself or a relationship with God, whichever. You don't have to be any type of religion to listen to this. You have to be, you can be atheist and still get something out of this. So I don't want you to think that I'm here to promote that. I'm not. The second thing I want you to understand is that you do not have to be here. I'm glad that you're here. I accept your love. I accept your encouragement. I accept your curiosity. But... The fact that you made it this far is a blessing, and I appreciate you listening up to this point. If you happen to turn it off, that's fine. You don't have to listen to me. I'm just one man that's giving my perspective on life, on love, on relationships. And if you think I'm not qualified to do that, then that's your choice. And I'm glad that you're here. Have a blessed life. If you're here, that's wonderful. I will do my best to give you my best. Second thing, I'm not a college graduate. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or counselor. I'm a life coach. A life coach that still have a lot to learn about life. I'm only 33 years old. But what I got... I would love to share with you. As a matter of fact, let's flip that sharing word. Let's look at, I would like to remind you. There's nothing here that's new. And you may think that you are hearing something new coming out of this podcast, but let me remind you. When the universe taught one of us, it taught all of us. And I believe that we all know What we know intuitively is just that we forget and we 
react from our egos rather than reacting from our DNA of higher power. We all have that. Thirdly, I want you to understand that you don't have to believe anything or accept anything that I say. That's not a requirement. All I ask of you is that when you enter into this realm or this podcast, I ask and I stress the word ask that you take everything that you believe, everything that you think you know, and just set it beside you. Take what works, leave what doesn't work. Whenever you get done, you can leave this podcast, put back on all of those things that you think you know, and all those things that you know, and all those things that you believe, and you can move on with your life, and I would still love you, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. In other words, just relax. Hear through perspective. This is about changing perception. I'm not here to tear down your religion or tear down what you believe. Furthermore, I encourage you not to tear down the whole house. It will destroy too many things that you hold on to, too many things that you value. And that could be very shocking to some of us. I'm just here to give you bricks. Switch them out as needed. If you see a brick that's not working when it comes to keeping your house at full maintenance, take it out and replace it with another brick. Keep the old brick because you might need that one. I'm not here to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. I have no stake in that. What I'm here to tell you is there is always another way to look at things. That's it, nothing more. I'm about what works, not about what's right and what's wrong. In other words, I want you to transcend what you know. Not just say, this is all I know, period. I want you to go beyond what you know, add on to it. If you're a Christian, and if what I say helps you be a better Christian, then I've done my job and I led you to some wisdom. If what I'm saying not helping, then I still led you to your wisdom. Therefore, I do my job either way. My job is just to throw it out there, okay? Let's get this rolling. Today's topic is on humanity. What does it mean to be human? In other words, why do humans do what they do? Is it conscious or subconscious? Are we inherently good or are we... As the Bible say, sinners. And if so, how can we redeem ourselves? Do we need redemption? What is redemption when it comes to humanity? Is it praying to a God or can it be something that's a little bit more personal? Why are we losing so much connection in our lives? Enough questions. I don't want to leave you with a bitter taste that being a human is a terrible thing because you should be proud of yourself that you are human. I mean, look what you have done. 
I mean, yeah, I know you're about to go into the negative because that's what we're used to, but I want you to be with me for a second. Look at what we've done. We've went from inventing wheels to now working on 3D printing. We went from traveling by horse to trains, boats, planes, cars, rocket ships, landing on the moon, inventing telescopes that can look at Mars. We are such a productive and creative species. Painters, dancers, musicians, singers, songwriters, poetry, all of these things. Architect, that's who we are. We've had moments of inspiration, moments of peace, moments in which someone stepped up and said, no, we have to think differently. Dr. King, Gandhi, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, all these teachers taught us to love. And we've advanced because of who they chose to be in that moment. And I did not name all the teachers, and I could never name all the teachers until you decide that you are one. Think about this for a minute. This planet has been in existence for billions and billions of years, which means that the radio that you are listening to this or the frequencies that you're listening to this podcast on has always existed, always been floating around in the air, waiting on someone to tap into it. And it is our creativity and who we choose to be that allows me to talk to you through a smartphone that fits in your pocket or a computer or your car, everything. Look around you and see how wonderful you truly are. No one like you. We're going to get into the other side of this as well. But I want you to know that you are beautiful and there's nothing like you. As I just said, and all these things still apply, even in the midst of what we're about to get into. Also, please understand that I'm not here to talk about morality. I'm about what works and what don't. I'm not about right or wrong. That's up to you to decide because you have got to decide what's right for you, what's wrong for you in your movie. I'm not going to tell you that your movie sucks. And for me to say what you're doing is wrong or what humans are doing is wrong, that's for me to, that's me playing God and dictating how their movie should go. What I do talk about is what works and what don't based on what humans say they want and what people are trying to achieve in their life. So my observation is coming from that and that alone. So the context I'm speaking from is the context of world peace. That's what humans say they strive for. This is what you hear in your politics, what you hear in the beauty pageants and 
everybody wants world peace somehow or some way. And if this is true, then we have a problem, a big problem, because what we are doing to attain that goal is not working. Think about it. We said that we're going to put religion in the middle of humanity. But the problem is we're fighting about which religion is the correct religion. Many wars have started over which God to serve. We said that we were going to take a political stance. And maybe if you are communist or socialist, Democrat, Republican, disagreements is causing us to war over which government system is the best. We start fights within our own family. I'm mad at my mother. I'm mad at my father. I'm mad at my children. I'm mad at my girlfriend. I'm mad at my husband, my wife, my boyfriend. I'm mad at my brother. We're angry. And we don't know why. We want world peace. We strive for it, yet we only have world peace if the other race just stay in their place. The other gender would just stay in their place. See, they're not like us. If we, we, we do things better than they do. So we're gonna hate them. You're not in my social class. Yes, I want world peace, but it only will be peaceful if I get what I want in my brother who has less, gets lesser than I do. That's what we're living in today. This is what we display in our lives. Not to get on the political rant or country bash, but we want world peace. Yet in this country, we are discussing whether we should build a wall to keep other people out. And it's not a discussion of peace, but a discussion of hatred. It's a discussion of they're not like us. We are a country that says we want world peace, but our country is 240 years old, give or take a couple years. And out of those 240 years, we've only had 15 years of peace. What does that say about the goal we're trying to attain? What does that say about love? What does that say about who we are becoming? And I don't think that we are becoming this because we want to. I think we are becoming a destructive species simply because we don't know how to stop the train. Especially if the, have you ever um, seen a ball roll downhill or a snowball? And it, you know, it gathers up more snow and by the time it hits the bottom, it's big and you can't stop it. This is where we think that we are. The thought that life's a struggle is so pervasive in our everyday walk that when someone tries to do good, we will ridicule them, tear them apart, and we will kill them, and then we would revere them and love them. 
Yet history would still repeat itself. Anybody that talked about love, there must be an ulterior motive. They must want more of your money. They must want your time. They're trying to hypnotize you. There's always some type of conspiracy. We're running around with fear. And yet we're looking for God. I'm here to tell you right now, fear in God will never occupy the same space. What we are dealing with is not a political problem. It's not an ecological problem. It's not an economical problem. It's not a social problem. It's not any of those things. It's a spiritual problem. If you can deal with the spirit, then world peace is just a step away. Now, before you pull out your WWJD bracelets and your good angel badges and all of these wonderful things that you have done to make humanity better, let me say that I'm proud of you. Congratulations. I applaud you. But there is a lot of people out there who think that I do my good deeds and I go home and that should be enough. We are all in a relationship. Give me one thing you think you don't relate to and I will tell you that you relate to them and how. This planet, you relate to everything in it. The people around you, you relate to them. Even your past, quote, relationships with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you break up or divorce that relationship doesn't go away it changes form so the question is how are you relating to the things around you that's an important question I can stop the podcast right there and have you just think about that for your homework but I will not how you relate to life is how you experience it if you relate to your job as slavery then you're going to experience slavery if you relate to money as bad then you are going to push money away and be poor if you relate to I can't trust anyone then you're going to push people away and therefore be alone if you relate to happiness as a thing outside of you then you will always be depressed so relationship is the voice of the teacher In fact, the universe runs off of the power of relationship. Whatever you are relating to and how you are relating to them is going to be what the universe gives you all the time. It's no reward. It's no punishment. Karma is not a bitch. It is not something that comes back to bite you. Karma is another way of saying you're doing. So you could be a good person and still have karma that goes against who you are simply because there's something in your life that you are relating to in a negative way. So I ask again, with all this information that we have, why are humans doing what they do? And why are they causing such destruction? within themselves and others. I came up with five thoughts that I would like to share with you. And we're going to dive into them a little bit. 
And I plan to do a show on each of these thoughts. And we're going to peel it apart. Not only that, but we're going to find a way to transform together. And this is the first step. Are you excited? I am. All right, let's get into these five reasons. Reason number one. Humans do what they do because of what they believe. Duh. Some of you knew this already. But if you can change the belief of someone, you can change the behavior of someone. You don't believe me? Think of the Jesus experience and the Hitler experience. All of these great masters had one thing in common. They were able to be enrolling and they changed the belief of people. Therefore, the behavior changed. See, if I told you to go kill your next door neighbor, you might say, no, you're crazy. But if I made you believe that God told you to do it, then you would call it a sacrament. And if I can get you to believe it enough, you just might carry out the task. Now, I'm going to put a pin right here because I'm not here to bash religion. But I must say, it is our belief about who God is, who God is not. What rules should we follow? What books should we read? Is God talking now? Is, has God been talking to us all this time or did he stop talking in the Bible days or the Quran days? Is Joseph Smith right? Is Jesus right? Is Muhammad right? And we're so strong on our beliefs that we would kill for them. We have the Inquisition, the Crusades, you know, 9-11 was a faith-based initiative. All because of what we believe is happening, has happened, what's going to happen certain sect of religions believe that if you carry out a task like killing then you will be rewarded if you do good works then you'll go to heaven if you don't then you'll go to hell if you don't follow these commandments then this is what's going to happen and we believe it without any evidence we just believe it. Why? Because this is the way my mama taught me. My grandma taught me. My great-grandma taught me. It's, this belief has been passed down from generation to generation. There's a book by a lady, an author. Her name is Shirley Jackson called The Lottery. And it illustrates this point. And there was a part in the book in which they, every year they would go out in the middle of the village and the boys would be collecting stones and they would have this basket full of paper and each everyone from the village including the people that couldn't make it that day would have to choose and it was one piece of paper that had the black mark and whoever received the black mark was stoned to death on that day. The, the, the trippy part is no one knew why this was a tradition. But they carried out this ritual every year. 
This is what we do with our beliefs. We don't question them. We don't ask questions. And if we do, they're judgmental questions. So the question I have for you is, what are the things that you believe about yourself in your life that is affecting you? What I would do is I would take a piece of paper, write down your answers, and look it over and ask yourself another question. If I change this belief, what could it change for my life? Now, this first reasoning, this first reason goes to the second reason so perfectly. The second reason, human behavior is predicated not only on beliefs, but also their stories. Now, it is your belief that keeps the story going. So let's get into what stories are. Let's try to connect reason number one and reason number two. In reality, which we are seldomly visiting, there are things that will happen, events that happen to us. And what we do, especially when we're little, we experience these events and we would take out our handy-dandy notebook and we would write a story, a story about how it relates to us. If it's a bad experience, we're going to write a bad story. Good experience, good story. And um, we step out of reality and into that story and we begin living it. Now, in order to step into the story and live it, you have to find something to believe that will support that story. And there is an addiction problem that humans face right now. We all do collectively. This drug, we will go to tremendous length just to sample this drug. We will lie, steal, kill, deceive. Same thing as lying. And the drug is being right. Oh my God, there's, there's so many of you out here with brokenness because you cannot give up being right. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I was a boy about six years old and I remember running into the house. And while I was running, I happened to observe, you know, on the table there was some Reese cups. These were not just normal Reese cups, man. You know how most Reese cups have the orange wrapping with the yellow writing? Well, this was reversed. This was yellow, yellow wrapping with orange writing. And it was... It was just special Reese's, had caramel in them, I believe. And I said, ooh, Granny, can I have Reese's? She turned and said, no. Well, that's how it sounded. That's how it sounds to a six-year-old, sound all mean. And I said, why not? And she said, those Reese's are for the girls. And I started writing my story. And the first line that I wrote if only I was a girl, 
I would be able to get those Reese's. The second thing I wondered was, what else am I missing from not being a girl? Well, it's time to go evident hunting. So I did, and I found some. Why? Because I was looking for it. I believed that there must have been something wrong with me because I was a boy. And I found it because I would pick on my sister and we would get into a fight and I would get in trouble for it. Even if I started the fight, I always had this thing, this, this thing going on in my head that girls were better than boys because my grandmother didn't, doesn't love me. My grandma only tolerates me. And it, doesn't, and it didn't help that I'm visually impaired and can't see. So I definitely thought I was an inconvenience to her. But being a boy, oh man, that had to be a terrible thing. It's my fault. It's my fault I should have came out as a girl. Maybe she would give me treats, or maybe she would do this, and maybe she would be nicer to me. Maybe she would paint the room a different, my room a different color. And maybe she would give me the choice of color. All this is going on in my life, and you know, I finally became a teenager. Next stop, I'm in love. Yes, I'm in love, and um, I can't help it. Man, I was in love, and <sighs> there was this girl named Laura in high school who I was so in love with. Although I thought that girls were better than boys, I said, I see why. Was beautiful, intelligent, funny, and we did all these things together. And one day, she decided that I, I don't want to be in a relationship anymore. And then she ended up dating Richard. So I added to my story. I said, not only boys are girl, that girls are better than boys, but they will hurt you. So you got to hurt them back because they will hurt you. So, my, I'm, so I am looking for evidence and I found it. I look back at my life, you know. Oh, and I also thought that men were terrible because if someone that I revere, like my grandmother, if she had this, they, you know, they, if they had this negative view on men, then I'm one. I'm going to grow up to be one. So I have to, in order to impress them, I got to be, I got to be the opposite. Well, I ended up hating myself. I ended up hating the girls. I ended up mistreating them. And some of them were good girls, but I didn't trust them. I ran because you can't trust them. I wanted to be right so bad that I lost many relationships. 21 came along. I said, I'm not going to let another woman hurt me. I, I doubled down because now I can control my life. My grandma's not there. My mama's not there. I can control my life. So I'm going to double down on my promise. As a matter of fact, I doubled down so hard that I started controlling other people with my words and made them feel small. And even in some cases, when we would get into a fight, got physically abusive. And I did all of this, caused all of this unnecessary pain and heartbreak all over a Reese's cup at the age of six. Here's the kicker. There's a difference between what happened and how I relate to it. What happened is what happened. That's not what's affecting me today because it's not happening no more. There is no Reese's cups 
if I if I want a Reese cup, I can go out and go buy some Reese cups. The store is right down the street, so it's not affecting me. But what affected me was my relationship to what she said. Truth be told, I don't know. Uh, those Reese's could have been for the girls because they left them somewhere or they bought them and they put them down on the table and went outside to play. I didn't know. Now, I know that there are some events that run a lot deeper than Reese cups. There are people out here that's been raped, molested, bullied, picked on, ostracized, scandalized, terrified, vilified. I'm not saying that all of these things were okay. I'm not condoning any type of behavior. All I'm saying is that there is a choice here. You can either choose to relate to it as I'm never going to trust men again or I'm not going to give him power and I'm going to be connected back to love. We all have a responsibility. And when I say responsibility, I mean the ability to respond. And how you respond to an event that happens in your life is how powerful you would be. I'm not saying that if you forgive somebody, first of all, I'm not saying you have to forgive them. But if you choose to, that does not mean that you have to release them from the impact. If they did something to you, the most powerful thing you can do for them is to have them look at the impact. And sometimes that does require you to call the police and arrest them and deal with justice. Because if you don't stop them, then you are not living your life and you're letting them do what they want to do. And that's not empowering for you. So sometimes empowerment is having them deal with the impact, even in a legal way. Okay? So it is our stories about the event that kill us, stress us out. And again, we want to be right. So we're going to hold on to that story and we're going to fight for that story. Some of you are resisting right now because you want to be right about that story. But what if you can look at that story and say, hey, I can drop this. Just imagine what your life can be like. Next reason, reason number three. Humans do what they do because they are limitless souls in a limited body. Uh, what does that mean? You will reach a point of happiness in your life and you will still want more. Nothing ever satisfies you. This is not a bad thing. This is how we're supposed to live. Always looking for the next best thing. Always searching. We are limitless souls in a limited body. I don't blame us for that. If I told you, you if you say, Javon, I'm too hot, I'll say, okay, I'm going to put you in Antarctica. Okay, I'm too cold. Okay, we'll put you in Hawaii. It's still a little hot here. There's only very few times in your life where you felt like it was just right. So we rarely get in the Goldilocks zone. Just right. There's always something that we need to be, do, and have. 
in order to be happier. And if we have that, then there's something else we gotta be doing half. This is, again, this is not wrong. This is just the way we work. You will always be looking for the next, ne- next best thing. If you can get with that in your spirit, then actually you can look at it as an adventure rather than a struggle. It would help tremendously if we knew what we were searching for through these cars, clothes, diamonds, relationships, status, power. What are we searching for? We're searching for acceptance and love. If I ask, why do you want that car? You know, it. you'll say, oh, because it looks nice. But if I were to inquire a little deeper, it's because you want to be accepted. We live our lives so inauthentically. All of us do. And what I mean by that is that we are either trying to look good or not trying to look bad. So we think that this is what we got to do. Along with our beliefs and our stories, we are aware that people judge a book by its cover. So guess what? It is imperative that we change the cover, but we never change the content in the book. As I'm looking at my notes, I just discovered that reason three and four go so well. You are limitless soul and limited body, therefore it compels you to search for love and acceptance (laughs) but in the interest of time let's go to reason number five the last reason is because you think that you are alone there's no such thing as oneness there's only individuals and we individuals live a binary life there is no gray area you're either with me or against me either like me or not like me. I'm either going to like you or not like you. Binary life. We are all one. And I know that sounds like a beautiful Walt Disney thing to say, but we're, we're all one. There's, on our hand, there's four fingers and a thumb. All these fingers have a different purpose, but they make the whole hand. And they're individuated but they're not separate. All of us are made from the same thing that a tree is made of. And a tree is made from the same things that stars are made of. So therefore, we are made of the stars. There's nothing out here other than you. You're looking at yourself. And it's important that you get that. When you hurt somebody, you're hurting yourself. And we don't, we don't, we don't really see that. My, my uh, cousin Marlo, he was about four years old. And I have a nephew named Jalen. And Marlo used to hit on Jalen quite a bit. And Jalen used to cry. And I would try to stop them. And I would try to punish Marlo by, you know, you go sit in the corner. Or I would pop him myself. But one day I was washing dishes. I was doing something. And Marlo hit him. Well, Jalen didn't cry this time. Jalen just got up and clocked him. Hit him so hard. He fell and he started crying. And that lesson was, if you're hitting me, you're hitting yourself. That's 
what we have to realize. So to close and to recap, human behavior is predicated on five reasons. The reason of belief. Our beliefs help us write our stories, which we walk into when we call a reality. We are limitless souls in a limited body. We are always searching for something because of that. And we think we have to do that alone. But what if we had a new thought? What if we can change our beliefs? What if we can get rid of our stories and let the events be what they are? What if we can accept our limitlessness and look at it as an adventure? And what if we can truly find what we're searching for without having to dig deep into material things? And what if we all saw each other within each other? What would the world look like? What would be what would be achieved by this goal? That's what I want to leave you with. Well, I think it's time to stop it there. Now, before I go, I would like to tell you that I am a life coach. And although this podcast is called Just Blink, so is the life coaching business. If you are interested in coaching or you have any questions about what I said in this podcast you can email me at just blink life coach at gmail.com just blink life coach j-e-s-t nope j-u-s-t b-l-i-n-k l-i-f-e c-o-a-c-h at gmail.com and I will answer questions because I know that there's a lot of what ifs and yeah buts and how about so we're going to deal with that and I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks exploring these reasons and we're going to figure out how to be powerful together but right now I want you to think about what I'm saying I'm also in the process of uh making a YouTube to actually recap things so that I won't leave you hanging for a week. I want to be with you. I'm interested in your growth. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Take care. Nonetheless, you left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death. I mean, the EMTs did all they can to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so shattered anyway, you're better off. Trust me, 
And that's when you met me. What happened? You asked. Where am I? You died, I said matter-of-factly. No point missing words. There was a truck. And it was skidding. Yep, I said. And I died? Yep, don't feel bad. Everybody dies, I said. You looked around. You saw nothingness. It was just you and me. Where am I? Is this the afterlife? More or less. Uh, are you God? Yep, I'm God. Wait a minute, wait a minute. My wife, my kids, what about them? I asked. Will they be alright? You see, I said, that, that's what I like to hear. You just died and the first thing you think about is your family. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God at all. I looked like some man, a vague authority figure. More like a grammar school teacher than the Almighty. Ah, don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your children, they'll remember you perfect in every way. You know, they were too young, and you left too early for them to grow contempt for you. Your wife, however, will cry on the outside, but on the inside, she'll feel relieved. I mean, let's face it, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation to you, she'll feel guilty about this later on. Alright, okay. <laughs> uh, so what happens from here? Do I go to heaven or hell or something like that? Neither, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Ah, you said. So the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way, I said. Uh, now, take a walk with me. You came along beside me as we strode through the void. Uh, so, where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. I just like to walk while we talk. I mean, what's the point, though? I'm just gonna be reborn and I'm gonna be a blank slate. Everything that I've ever did and experienced in this life won't matter. Not so, I said. You have all of the knowledge and the experience of your past lives within you. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped and took him by the shoulders. You see, your soul is more beautiful, magnificent, and gigantic than you can ever imagine. The human mind only can contain a small, and I do mean small, fraction of who you really are. It's like taking your finger and putting it inside of a glass of water to see whether or not if it's hot or cold. You put a small part of you inside of the vessel, and when you took it out, you gained all the knowledge and the experience that it had to give you. Let me remind you that you've been a human for, let's say, 34 years. And you haven't stretched out yet to experience your unlimited consciousness and potential. If you stay here any longer, then you're going to start remembering everything. But uh, what's the point in doing that between each life? So how many times have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots, 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 my son. Lots of times. And into lots of different people. This time around, you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. Whoa, 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 wait. You're sending me back in time. Well, technically speaking, yes. 
But see, time over here is different from time in the universe in which you just came from. Where I come from, there is no time. Everything is now. So where do you come from? Oh, sure, I come from somewhere, and there's many out here like me. But in your state of being right now, you will not understand all of this. Oh, you said. Wait, so if I reincarnate myself to a different place in time, is it possible for me then to interact with myself at some point? Oh, yeah, yeah. That happens all the time. With both lives being aware of their own time span, however, it's not likely that you would recognize that it's happening. But humans have surprised me. You guys can be smart sometimes. Okay, so what's the meaning of all of this? What's the- Are we serious? You're gonna ask me the meaning of life? That's a little bit stereotypical, don't you think? Well, it's a reasonable question. I looked into your eyes. The meaning of life, the reason why I built this universe, is for you to mature. You mean for mankind, for us to mature? Nope, for you to mature. I made the universe just for you. You see, the more lives you live, the more you will grow and mature. The more you will grow and mature, the more larger and greater your intellect will be. Wait, what about the rest of humans? What about everybody else? There is no one else. In this universe, it's only you and me. And I'm just being nice to you, you see. It's more deeper than that. So wait, all those people on Earth are you, incarnated as different versions of you. So all those people on Earth are me? <laughs> now you're getting it. I'm every human that ever lived and every human that will ever live yes so i'm abraham lincoln and john wills booth wait so i must be hitler and the millions he killed i'm jesus and the people that followed him every time you victimize someone you're victimizing yourself every act of kindness that you do to someone you do to yourself Every happy or sad moment that you cause another to experience will, and I promise you, it will be experienced by you. But why? Why do you do all of this? Because one day, you'll become like me. You see, you're one of my kind. For the purpose of simplicity, let's put it in this context. You're sort of like my child. Wait, I'm a god? No, not, not yet, but you will be. Well, in some sense, you are. It's a weird dichotomy. It sort of depends on where you are in your consciousness. For now, you're just a fetus. You have to live every lifetime in order to even be born. Truly born. So the whole universe is... is... an egg sorts. Well, now it's time for you to be getting on to your next life. I'll be there. I'll be there. Take care.